Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Toy Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, as always, and delighted you've been able to tune in with us yet again for another show. Now, before we do jump into the top four stories trending here in Thailand, don't forget to hit the like button on the bottom of that video, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you already haven't. Also, hit the notification bell if you want YouTube to let you know when the next Thai Expat show is up online. Now, if you like listening to us on a podcast player, just look down below in a link in the description. We'll bring you to a wonderful website where there is a host of podcast players available for you to choose from and finally if you like the show if you get value from the show if you want to simply just buy me a coffee you can do so using the link down in that description as well so we're going to jump into the four stories that are currently trending here at the moment it's been a slow week in the news but we'll jump into it anyway suspected crypto mining operation gutted by fire in Phuket town Faulty wiring is believed to have started a fire that destroyed a suspected crypto mining operation in Phuket town. The fire broke out on the third floor of a building near the Thailand Post branch on Bangkok Road at about 6am yesterday, reported the Phuket Info Centre. Firefighters soon arrived at the scene and quickly extinguished the blaze. No people were reported injured from the fire. On the third floor of the building, firefighters found racks of computer equipment that had been destroyed by the fire. The equipment was of the same type seized in operations elsewhere throughout the country in crackdown on illegal crypto mining operations. Also found at the scene were piles of spare computer parts including graphic cards. Police have yet to comment on any investigation into the fire or the suspected crypto mining operation. A major illegal cryptocurrency mining operation discovered in Samat Prakan last month was believed to have used an estimated 500 million a month in stolen electricity. Justice Minister Samsak Tepsutan in December last year revealed that about 3,500 mining devices that illegally consumed electricity had been seized from 41 rented buildings in Bangkok and Nantaburi. The hardware was believed to have been smuggled from China. The crypto miners were connected directly to outside power lines and over the previous two years had illegally drained about 500 million of electricity from the state grid, said Mr. Samsak. The crypto miners had earned about 35 baht per device per day. Over the two years, they generated about 100 million baht, the justice minister went on to say. So nothing wrong with cryptocurrency mining here in Thailand. There's no real issue with that as far as I know. It's not illegal as long as you pay for your electricity. But what makes these all illegal is these are tapped into the electricity grid illegally. And thus they are illegal cryptocurrency mining devices. Uh, Obviously somebody... Now they don't know if this actually is. They're kind of just speculating in the article. And there has been no follow-up to this story. So there is no proof that this is. But these devices do use a lot of electricity. And of course if you're getting into it. What about no better way to do it than to be uh, stealing a bit of electricity so you could be uh, profit free there, you know? Now, moving along, small hotel policy gets THA approval. The Thai Hotel Association approves of the Ministry of Interior's new regulations that will allow smaller accommodations operated prior to 2016 to be regulated as hotels as the government would, would be able to receive more income from tax collection. However, the association still opposes the plan to exempt larger forms of accommodation from registering under the Hotel Act. Udam Simrashakata, vice president of the THA's Western chapter, said adding the new registered hotels would boost fair competition for two to three star hotels, which are on the same tier as the smaller accommodation, particularly in terms of tax payment. On June 20th, the Interior Ministry announced that the ministerial regulation, which allowed other types of buildings that did not fit in 
under the definition of a hotel in accordance with the Hotel Act, but had opened up before August 19, 2016, would be able to register for hotel licenses. Under the regulation, they are not required to adjust structural components such as mandatory empty spaces, the size of corridors and staircases, but their buildings must have strong foundations and fire safety measures in place. Further requirements are evidence of property and land tax payments and website advertisements to guarantee that their accommodation has been in operation since before August 19, 2016. Before this latest regulation was enacted, the Interior Ministry consistently relaxed the rules to let small operators register as hotels. However, due to constraints pertaining to existing building structures, which could not be changed or adapted, many of them were unable to register under the Hotel Act. Mr. Udom said a question regarding unfair treatment might arise from some operators who had already invested in adjusting their properties to fit the previous rule, such as reducing the number of rooms to free up more space. In such cases, the government should help ease those incurred costs as well, such as by reducing tax payments or providing another form of subsidy, he said. Mr. Udon said the government's plan to exempt properties with no more than eight rooms hosting fewer than 30 guests from the Hotel Acts was unacceptable. Under the current laws, exemptions have been made for properties of no more than four rooms with fewer than 20 guests. Now it's amazing here in Thailand that breaking the law can be beneficial to you. So if you had opened up a smaller accommodation that was considered a hotel under the regulation and you bothered not didn't bother to do a single thing to it, they've just made you legal. But the people who did open up illegal hotels brought themselves up to code are left out of pocket because they went to the effort of becoming legal and doing all the things that they needed to to become a hotel. This is so typical of Thailand. I mean, the people who break the law should be punished. But in these kind of cases, what's happening is the people that break the law are actually being rewarded. So, yeah. And of course, you'll have the people who who had hotel, these illegal hotels built after August 19 now crying foul, saying, oh, what about us? What about us? You know, and that's the way things are here in Thailand. It's very strange. I mean, why can't things just be done properly, have proper building inspection, proper planning permission granted, and make things, you know, very transparent to everybody so that we know what's going on. But yet again, as always, Thailand seemed to bow towards the people who don't do things properly. Now moving along, and we're kind of stuck in this whole election cycle thing at the moment. Uh, we don't know exactly where the country's going to, uh, what's the direction. We have the winning party, which was the uh, Move Forward Party, who won 100-something seats anyway, uh, followed second by the Pua Thai Party, which is the first election they have pretty much lost in the last 30 years. Uh, we have their prime ministerial candidate, Pita Limjanarat, who is their only prime ministerial candidate, who seems to be now the focus of attention for everybody trying to stop him from becoming the next prime minister. And that will lead us into the next part of today's show. Other names could be put up for people. PM's job. More names could be nominated for the parliamentary election of the next Prime Minister other than just Pita Limjanarat from the Move Forward Party, says Senator Akinat Musanad. He was responding to mounting pressure by supporters of the MFP for senators to vote for Mr. Pita as the new PM. Since there could be more candidates nominated, senators have the right to vote for one who they consider to be the most suitable choice in terms of both ethical standards and capability, said General Akinet. Well, they should gather 376 votes from the MPs from the beginning, then senators will totally opt out of voting to select the new Prime Minister altogether, he said. Responding to speculation, the Senate would be blamed by MFP supporters in the event Mr. Pita gets less than 376 votes. You will become the government if you get 376 votes right from the beginning. Can you? 
Don't make it sound like the Senate's fault, he said. Senator Jait Sirimtanana said some senators had closed the door on any possible talks with the MFP as it seeks Senate support for Mr. Pita to be the next Prime Minister. The party wants to amend Section 112, also known as the Les Majeste Law, which has put some people off, and we'll go into that in the next story. Meanwhile, asked about the MFP's armed forces reform policy, General Akinat said he supports reform of the armed forces being implemented by the armed forces themselves, not the version proposed by the MFP. He accused the MFP of copying the US military's organizational structure as a model for its own proposed reform of the Thai armed forces. Under the reforms, conscription would end, while the Defence Council, Internal Security Operations Command and Military Court would be scrapped. And yeah, that's just a quick piece there. And I think you can see the attitude of these 250 senators because I would say his opinion on it all is exactly the same as the other ones. I mean, when you hear the guy literally come out and say the military should propose how they reform themselves, not anybody else, that says it all, I think, right there. Now, this guy clearly doesn't understand that they're meant to be voting the will of the people, not their own personal preferences. And that is going to, I believe, cause some serious problems here in the country. I don't think Peter's going to get the votes from them. And if he doesn't, well, I think the 15, 16, 17 million people who voted for Mr. Peter will be out in the streets to make sure their voice gets heard in the near future. And I I do feel this is where this country is heading down. Now, Peter has gone on to talk about some of this and especially the Les Majeste 112 law, which he's been accused of uh, wanting to scrap, which is not the case. But Peter uh, and basically his quota senators should not abuse Les Majeste law issue. Move Forward Party leader Peter Limjanarat has warned senators not to use his party's intention to amend the Les Majeste law as an excuse to block his election as Prime Minister because that would pit the institution against the people. Mr. Peter said at the Parliament on Tuesday that any attempt to use MFP's plan to amend Section 112 of the Criminal Code to prevent his becoming Prime Minister was an issue of concern. This is tantamount to letting the people's voice clash directly with the institution. It is inappropriate and dangerous, Mr. Mr. Peter said, while leading his party's new MPs to report to the House Secretariat. Section 112 protects the royal institution from being offended. Section 112 has been used as a political tool against people with different opinions and that does no good for any institution, he said. The leader of the election-winning party confirmed that he would maintain the system of constitutional monarchy in Thailand. Many parties still misunderstand. Amendment is not revocation. There has been talks with senators and they are starting to understand that to maintain the constitutional monarchy, there must be suitable changes at a time when Thailand is in a period of transition, Mr. Peter said. Asked to comment on senators who announced that they would not vote for him as Prime Minister, Mr. Peter said he hoped they would adhere to the principle of not going against the people's vote. His party won 151 House seats, more than any other party. The Constitution allows senators to join House representatives in voting for a Prime Minister at a joint sitting. The Parliament consists of 500 elected representatives and 250 appointed senators. To become Prime Minister, Mr. Pitt needs a the support of a majority of the 700 50 members of the House Parliament, at least 376 vote. Mr. Peter claimed on Tuesday that he did have enough support in the Senate to ensure his election as Prime Minister. So I guess only time will tell. I think now we're looking at 
the beginning of July when we'll soon find out if he makes it or not but he does have a lot of legal hurdles still to jump and get through the ITV shares case is still pending there's been nothing back from election commission about that though they have asked for the company to explain why the minutes differ from the actual meeting itself so that will be going there there has also been the constitutional court has asked the attorney general to decide uh, if they're going to send a case to them about move forward party and peter limchanarat wanting to change this law because they're saying that which is very strange that it's against the law to try change the law but i guess if you wanted to increase the sentence let's say a jail term you could but if you wanted to reduce it you can't so there's some weird stuff going on like that and whether or not it's legal for them to propose such a thing i, I couldn't understand why it wouldn't be illegal they're not talking about getting rid of the less majeste law they're talking about amending it and so it's not used as a political tool against other people. And I think what he says in his speech and in his interview with the Bangkok Post is very true. I mean, what he said basically was Section 112 has been used as a political tool against people with different opinions. And that does no good for any institution. And what he's, he is very correct in what he's saying. Of course, these senators are all, by the way, just anybody who doesn't know, are all handpicked uh, in 2018 by the junta. They're all military men, soldiers, admirals, whatnot, or people who are loyal to the junta. So they have no intention, no need or or want to be voting in Peter Limjanarat of the Move Forward Party, who has all kinds of reforms laid out from the army to 112, uh, to getting the country up and running, to doing things in a completely different way than it's been done in the past. And I guess this is the great fear. Of course, his biggest thing that he's running on is to stamp out corruption. And I guess corruption within the police force, the government, and all kinds of things like this puts a target on his head all the time because people will want to protect their money and their interests that they've gained true corruption. So these kind of things are also facing up uh, to him in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if he's going to get the votes. He's saying that he has the votes. We will see. But he still has, as I said, a lot of legal hurdles ahead of him that he needs to get through. Some brought on by himself and not thinking ahead. But nevertheless, we'll move on to the last and final story. Illegal beach villa to be demolished. Now, this was in Suratani. The owner of a small villa built illegally on a beach on Koh Tao in Kopanyang district has agreed to its demolition. The single-story, stone-faced concrete building covers 48 square metres and encroaches on a beach on Koh Tao and is privately owned by a resort company. The hideaway beachfront villa was built on rocks with direct access to the sea and belongs to Cape Shark Villas, a luxury resort with at least 30 pool villas on its hilltop property on the island south. It became controversial after the provincial anti-corruption Facebook page Strong posted pictures of it following public questions about its legality since the entire of the island is state property under the supervision of the Treasury Department. On Sunday, officials led by Yutapal and Kanan, an advisor to the Minister of Natural Resources and Environment, went to the island for an on-the-spot inspection. Mr. Yutapal was accompanied by the Chief Inspector of the Ministry of Natural Resources and the Environment, along with some police and the Mayor of Koh Tao as well, and a, rep- and a representative of the resort company. It was concluded that the company built the resort villa, although it had not been allowed to rent the land from the Treasury Department. It was built without permission from Tambon Koh Tao Municipality, and its construction on the beach 
could damage natural resources and the environment. At a subsequent meeting, the company agreed to demolish the building in compliance with the law. Now, that's some kind of a happy ending to the whole story on this, but, I mean, this is prevalent in Thailand. Illegal resorts or illegal buildings built on you know, public land just because people feel like they can do it, they get away with it and they slip a few bob to the right people. I think if you live in Thailand, you know this is prevalent here and it goes on all over the place. The only time, and, and this will be bizarre to say this, the only time this kind of was came to an end was in 2014 after the coup when the army kind of stepped in and started clearing out beaches where people had been set up, all kinds of illegal structures over years and years you know while the local government stood by and nearly facilitated them doing it so yeah this kind of thing is good to see i think the natural resources the beaches should be there for the people's pleasure and certainly not people who want to build and profit from it but nevertheless that's my opinion on it all and thank you once again for listening to today's show i hope you enjoyed it it's difficult in the last couple of days to find news stories that are thai expat related that you guys would find interesting because there's some of the news stories that I don't think anybody would find interesting but I tried to put together a few so some days there might not be a show for a couple of days and that's because I feel there's no expat worthy news out there but anyway folks thanks for listening thanks for tuning in don't forget to comment down below in that comment section and don't forget to uh, hit a like and subscribe to the channel if you already haven't once again thanks take care have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.